Hey everyone, welcome to the Shell Games Podcast for the week of November 8th. This is episode number 149, and of course, Shell Games is your lighthearted look at the games of today and the ones still on the shelf. I'm your host, John, uh, and I'm here solo this week. Everyone was busy, uh, everyone was away. Well, let's, let, let me back up. People were either busy, Ted was away. David just did Extra Life with the folks at Relic Entertainment, so he's going to be exhausted tonight. So it's just me, um, and yeah, uh, because folks are busy. And you know what? Life happens. It's fine. Um, so yeah, just quick sh- solo show, just to update everyone, let everyone know that we're doing okay, chat about the news, make some announcements, and uh, talk about some of the games that I've been playing. Um I guess first things first, I apologize that we haven't really put out a show in the last couple of weeks. It can be tough getting people together to do a live show, uh, especially a lot of busy adults. And honestly, like, like, let's be real. Like it's a pandemic and, uh, stress and anxiety and depression are real things. And it can be really, really tough to get motivated to, to, you know, organize this and produce it and get everything out and, and up. And yeah, it it can be tough when, when, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in a down spot because of, you know, work and the pandemic and everything else. And I'm just like, man, it's just, it can be tough. It can be tough. I think that's, that's just what I wanted to get out there. Uh, but I appreciate everyone's patience, uh, and know that y'all are, are going to be there ready and waiting when we're, when we got some, some hot takes to put out on the internet. Uh, I mentioned extra life. Uh, so the official extra life weekend just passed. Um, and like I said, David, and the fine folks at Relic Entertainment were raising money for the Children's Hospital here in Vancouver. Um, so if you want, you can go over um, to their donation page and, uh, you know, throw them a couple bucks. Or if you want, you can wait until December 5th when we will be doing our Extra Life live stream. Uh, we usually don't do it on game day. We, we like to forge our own path. Uh, so we'll be doing that December 5th to 6th, um, the Saturday, Sunday. Uh, so it will be myself um, and all of our friends, all of our lovely co-hosts. Because of the pandemic, we're going to be doing it completely digitally this year. Usually it's a big production. I like borrow a ton of microphones and webcams and we get everyone situated on my couch. And, um, you know, it, it's it's a bit of a, uh, it's sort of stapled together and, 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 and rush, uh, uh, production, but it's always fun, you know, and unfortunately we're not going to be able to do that this year. You know, we obviously want to be safe. Um, so yeah, it's going to be all digital. So it's going to look and probably feel similar to like a normal live stream that I would do on my Twitch channel. Uh, but you know, we're obviously going to, going to have some, uh, fun things that we're going to dive into. So we're going to, try and do some, some, some interesting things. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to have some donation incentives, um, that I think are going to be pretty fun. Uh, and the nice thing about doing it digitally is that we can get friends involved that don't live here in the city with us. Um, so some of our favorite, uh, co-hosts like Jasula and Megan, uh, should be able to jump in on the fun. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll also be raising money for the Children's Hospital here in Vancouver, BC Children's. Um, and again, you know, the last few years with your help, uh, we've been able to raise, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars for them. And we know, you know, again, like I mentioned, like it's, it's a freaking pandemic. Times are tough. Like where our donation goal is going to be pretty modest this year because we know economically this has been a tough year for a lot of folks. I mean, it's, 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 
it's been tough for myself. And, and so, you know, if you can donate, that's great. If you can't, like, don't even worry about it. Like, this is really an excuse for us to play video games with our friends for 24 hours, try and raise money for a great cause. It's just like, it's a yearly tradition at this point. So our donation goal is going to be significantly, uh, more, um, modest and, um, you know, we, we totally understand that people won't necessarily be able to donate, but, you know, even just like helping us like share the news, share the stream, you know, sharing our social posts, that, that, that would be a huge help. Uh, so hopefully we'll see you there. Um, again, that is going to be December 5th, starting probably around 10 a.m. Pacific time over at twitch.tv slash shelved games. Uh, and yeah, it's going to be fun. It's always a fun time. Um, and again, because we're not doing it on my couch, at least the quality will be better. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, you're not going to hear someone like crashing a bunch of dishes. And like, remember that time? I think Sam, my friend Sam, like spilled ice all over the floor. And it was just like everyone's ears were just like wrecked that we're watching this stream. Um, anyways, none of that this year. So it's a podcast. Let's do it. Let's talk news. Uh, I know I'm just here by myself, but you know what? I got hot takes. I, I can, I can spit some hot takes here for you. So first things first, this article from Polygon, uh, this was written by ONS Good, uh, Halo Infinite's director stepped back after disappointing showcase. Halo Infinite's director was removed from the project in August, Bloomberg reports, shortly after an Xbox Games showcase aired a disappointing gameplay demonstration that brought ridicule from fans on social media. I thought it was fine, but a lot of people didn't. Um, in a statement to Bloomberg, Chris Lee confirmed that he had stepped back from Infinite and was looking at future opportunities. Microsoft, in a statement, said Lee was still a Microsoft employee, although he has stepped back from Halo Infinite right now. So, uh, uh, Owen S. Good, who wrote this, goes on to say, uh, quote, he is the third senior development figure to leave the Xbox tentpole series in a little more than a year. In August 2019, creative director Tim Longo was reassigned, and executive producer Mary Olson was put in charge of Infinite's campaign development. Lee, as the Halo Infinite studio head, was still responsible for Infinite's overall creative vision and production. Uh, Olson then left 343 Industries in October 2019. So, this is this is weird. I, I mean, I think I think like you know, like like people will sometimes be shuffled around on projects if like you know the, the things aren't jiving, or if you know people want to go in a different direction, or or what have you. I think like the thing that Microsoft and 343 and halo have to do is get this one right you know like this is going to be the big tentpole halo on the new consoles it's going to be the 20th anniversary of halo next year so honestly i think it kind of makes sense for them to push that game until the fall uh because they have to get it right you know like halo 4 and 5 weren't ne weren't necessarily received as well as the first three Halo games. So I think they really have to make a splash to bring people back to that franchise and to show it that it is, you know, a tentpole game in, in Microsoft's wheelhouse. Uh, Cause right now I don't necessarily think that those last couple of games did that. Um, yeah. I know, I know personally like uh, Halo three was the last game that I really played. So I, I don't think that this, I don't know. I, I think like creative heads, you know, leaving, or directors leaving or, or shuffling onto other projects. Like, I, like, I don't necessarily think that that's shows or indicates that the game is in trouble. 
I just think, you know, that they, they really, really want to get this one right. And so that they're, they're bringing as many people to bear on this as they can bring in new perspectives sometimes helps with that sometimes helps refocus teams. Um, so I, th- I think it's just like, we'll have to wait and see. Yes, this was supposed to come out this year with the launch of the consoles. I think fans were probably a little too reactionary to the stuff that they saw at that gameplay or at that, at that demonstration. Um, I think that's, that's always the case with, with um, internet reactions uh, to stuff that they see, especially when it's still early. Um, but you know, you look at something like the master chief collection, that was a mess when it came out and it's still like having you know, it's still being worked on and having content being, being, um, coming out for it. So yeah, they, they really need to get this right. Cause, cause otherwise I think this, this could be like the death knell for, for, for halo potentially. Uh, but speaking of death nails for video games, Bioware has confirmed a new mass effect game is in development uh so this is another polygon story from michael mcwar mcwarder that's how i say that probably um quote bioware is in early development on a new game in the mass effect franchise studio general manager casey hudson confirmed in a blog post celebrating n7 day hudson said that the next mass effect is being created by a veteran team at the studio but offered little in the way of new details uh, he goes on to say, mean, uh, quote, Meanwhile, here at Bioware, a veteran team has been hard at work envisioning the next chapter of the Mass Effect universe. We are in the early stages on the project and can't say any more just yet, but we're looking forward to sharing our vision for where we'll be going next. Uh, so they, they put out a, a piece of artwork. Uh, maybe I'll include that as the album uh, or as the uh, podcast uh, art this week. Um, so yeah, we don't really have any more details aside from that, and aside from the fact that they're working on something new. I think this is this is not unexpected. Like I think this is something that's been rumored for quite some time because obviously Mass Effect, Mass Effect Andromeda had a bit of a uh, let's say a rocky reception. It was, it was really um, panned by a lot of critics and by a lot of fans. Um, you know, David, our co-host on the show, most famously said that like going back to that game now, like the combat and the mechanics and the systems are really fun but it was a bit of a buggy mess and yeah, it just left a bad taste. And I think a lot of mass effect fans mouths. So uh, what they're also doing is that they're going to be releasing uh, a remaster of the first three games. So excluding Andromeda. Uh, so this is going to be the mass effect legendary edition, and that's going to be coming to consoles and PC in the spring of 2021. This is also something that I think people aren't surprised by. It's again, sort of been rumored that, well, you know, Andromeda not received well. They haven't done anything with that franchise since. Um, a lot of people were saying like, oh, Andromeda killed the Mass Effect franchise. But it's such an important brand, again, to, to Bioware that I think um, it makes sense for them to reset, take some time, put out a remastered uh, version of those first three games that everyone loves so much. Sort of, you know, tap into people's nostalgia, get people excited about the franchise again. Sort of see what the market reception to it is. Because if it sells well you know, that that's a clear indication that like people are hungry for more, more mass effect. Um, and, you know, again, I think like that them refocusing on a, a new game in the franchise speaks to the fact that, you know, they're, they're not done with it. They, they want to do right by fans. So we'll have to wait and see how this goes, how it's received. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be excited about this new legendary edition, the, the big remaster for the first three games. Um, I don't know if I'll go back to it. Like I'm the type of person who doesn't necessarily replay story stuff, like single player story stuff. Um, but I'm excited for Mass Effect fans. I think I think that's that's really cool news. 
Um, next up, this is an interesting story from Game Industry Biz. This was written by James Batchelor. EA facing Canadian class action lawsuit over, what do you think? Loot boxes. Um, two plaintiffs seeking damages as suit calls out unlicensed illegal gaming system in over 60 titles. Electronic Arts is facing more legal action over its use of loot boxes and other randomized monetization mechanics. The latest is a class action lawsuit filed in Canada on September 30th by joint plaintiffs Mark Sutherland and Sean Moore. According to the filing, um, Sutherland is a British Columbia resident who purchased loot boxes in the Madden NFL series, while Moore hails from Ontario and spent money on the same monetization model in EA's NHL games. The pair assert that the Criminal Code of Canada prohibits unlawful gaming, betting, lottery, lotteries, and games of chance. Since EA does not hold a gambling license in the region, it is accused of operating an unlicensed illegal gaming system through their loot boxes. Um, they also go on to list like over 60 EA titles. You know, that's like FIFA, Madden, Battlefield, Mass Effect, Need for Speed, Dragon Age, Plants vs. Zombies. That include similar uh, mechanics. You know, it's a lot of their mobile games as well. There's a big list here. Um, so uh, the suit says, quote, The senior officers and directors of Electronic Arts were at all times fully aware of the unlawful nature of their enterprise and took active steps to carry it out. In the alternative, the senior officers and directors were reckless or willfully blind to the unlawful nature of their enterprise and took active steps to implement it. Uh, so the suit is seeking uh, damages for Moore and Sutherland and a declaration that EA has contravened the Business Practices and Consumer Protection Act. It's really interesting. Uh, obviously, we saw a lot of blowback to loot boxes and that type of monetization model in big AAA games uh, over the last couple of years. I think it's interesting that this suit is happening now because this has been kind of quiet for a while. Uh, but again, you know, it takes a while for, for lawsuits to, to get filed and for, for the wheels of the court to get spinning. I don't know what's going to come of this, especially considering EA has a lot of lawyers. Um, but, you know, I think they've already started to make some moves to remove those types of models. Like we saw, you know, uh, Star Wars Squadrons really didn't have any microtransactions in it whatsoever since the blowback to Battlefield 2 was so bad. Um, but the, the, this still exists in like FIFA, right? Like, this, like FIFA ultimate team is like their, their cash cow globally. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see if EA decides to implement those changes in any future, uh, FIFA titles, uh, at this point, I doubt it because it just makes them so much money. Um, and yeah, it's just like, you know, gotcha mechanics, loot box mechanics. They're, they're just, I think, uh, studios and publishers will, I, I don't want to put this on, on studios because I know a lot of game developers don't like these systems in, in their games, but like publishers know what, what makes them money. And I, I think they're going to, you know, try and skirt regulation as best they can, or, you know, uh, adhere to, uh, laws about like, you know, indicating chance and like drop rates and that sort of thing so that they are within, you know, their right to, to, to maintain these, these types of mechanics. Um, I'm at a point now where I'm just like, I, I just don't want to engage with, with these types of systems, but that's me. Um, 
But that being said, I'm also the type of person who will still like drop money on like a battle pass for Warzone or or Destiny or whatever game I'm addicted to that month. Um, so maybe don't listen to me. I'm a hypocrite, is what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> speaking of hypocrites, <laughs> oh god, the transitions today. Uh, this is really really fun. Uh, uh, thread. Uh, I, I think like I saw this on Twitter at first, and then Kotaku wrote wrote an article about this. But Nathan Grayson over Kotaku uh, used uh, this website uh, called OpenSecrets.org, which is a database of federal campaign contributions and lobbying data in the United States. Um, and he wrote this piece called "The Political Donations of Top Video Game Execs." which uh, revealed some interesting things and maybe not so interesting things. Like, it's kind of expected. Um, obviously, if you're listening to this this week, we, we know that Joe Biden has won the uh, U.S. presidential election. Um, and interestingly enough, you know, a lot of CEOs probably weren't a fan of that. So uh, first up, uh, Bobby Kotick, CEO of Activision, uh, let's just say there's a, like, I'll, I'll list this, uh, I'll, I'll put this link in, in the discord, but a lot of donations to the Republicans. Let's just say that, uh, donation to the Republican party of Iowa, uh, Republican party of Maine, direct donations to Mitch McConnell, the, probably one of the worst people on the planet. I don't know. That's just me. Uh, <laughs> direct donations to Lindsey Graham. Um, Uh, Mark Merrill, co-chairman of Riot Games. Bit of a mix. Uh, predominantly donations to Republicans. Uh, he does have a couple of Repub- uh, sorry, primary, primarily donating to Democrats, but he does have a couple of donations to Republicans, which is a little bit weird to me. Um, Strauss Zelnick, CEO of Take-Two Interactive. Uh, mostly donations to Democrats. Uh, Gabe Newell, you know, Gaben, president of Valve, uh, donations to Joe Biden and a couple other Democrat uh, candidates. Phil Spencer, uh, VP of Gaming at Microsoft, donations to Democrats and Joe Biden. Robert Altman, CEO of Zenimax, same thing. Democrats, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden. Uh, Was there anything else interesting in here that I found? Tim Schaefer, double fine. Donation to Joe Biden. Thanks, Tim. Uh, Donald Mustard, Worldwide Creative Director of Epic Games. Donations to one Jane McFarland, who is a Republican candidate. Uh, Palmer Lucky, former exec of Oculus and Facebook. Wouldn't you know it? Republican donations across the freaking board. Um, anyways, I think the, the only reason I wanted to bring this up is I, I found it kind of interesting, but also... I think it's it's important to remember that when you see studios and publishers um, and and these large companies motioning at and sort of you know signaling that they are you know progressive that they're woke or whatever you know that they're inclusive. Um, that's you know sometimes the people at the top don't give a shit about that stuff because all they give a shit about is how much money they're going to make the next year and what tax bracket that, that they're, they are in and that their company is in. Um, anyways, so 
Do with that information what you will, folks. Um, so that's it for the news. Um, you know, new consoles came out. I don't think anyone should buy those things. Um, I think it, you should probably wait and see. I think like, the, you know, do, because of the pandemic and, and whatever else, a lot of games have been pushed to a lot of launch titles have been pushed to 2021. I think if you want the latest and greatest in hardware, sure, go nuts. But I feel like you're not necessarily going to be playing new uh, generation stuff on those consoles anytime soon, right? Like unless you have to play Demon Souls remaster day one, you can probably be fine not getting a PlayStation 5 until, you know, later next year. Um, I always think buying hardware at launch is a bit of a sucker's bet as well because you never know what problems they might run into. Um, you know, hardware defects, that sort of thing. But again, you, you just like, if you have a modern console or a PC, like you're going to be able to play most of the big stuff coming out this fall and this winter, you know, it's just, I don't know. I, I think it's worth waiting until probably mid next year to, to see where those consoles sort of end up. Uh, okay. Let's talk about the stuff that uh, we're taking off the shelf. Some of the stuff that we are playing. Um, after David spoke so highly of gears five, on the show, uh, I actually, since I have Game Pass, I went and checked out uh, actually Gears 4 and Gears 5. So I've played through both of those games and I really, really enjoyed them. I was actually, I think I wrote those games off uh, in the early days as just like these bro action shooters, like the the character design and sort of their approach to marketing like really threw me off. But digging into them, I really, really enjoyed them. So I think I'll... I'll um, they're actually really fucking good games. They're really fucking good games. I, I think I'm going to wait until David is back and then we can uh, get into it a little bit more. Uh, but aside from that, uh, I actually went back to Overwatch. Uh, I noticed that, um, you know, co-hosts uh, Ted and Megan would often be like on playing Overwatch, you know, with their own groups of friends. And, and you know, they, they were, I think Megan might've been talking about how it's just like a, a fun thing to boot up and just kind of like, play it a little bit with friends and when you're not really like trying to like seriously game or anything. And I was, you know, I've been looking for, for a good, good game to sort of like, you know, lean back and, and, and play. And, and, you know, I found that in, in stuff like Hades and some other things. Um, but yeah, I, I just like literally was playing Overwatch on my couch with a controller. I was like, this is actually, this is still really fun. I think that there's, there's a strange, like, threshold though because right now i'm just like oh i'm like not great at this i haven't played in a long time i'm just gonna like check out the new characters that have come out since i stopped playing because i i think the last time i played was like late 2017 early 2018 around the time that like doomfist came out or maybe it was just before the hamster came out whatever the hamster's name is um but yeah so i was just kind of checking those stuff out and and i'm just like oh you know this is fun like engaging with it and not necessarily taking it super seriously but i know if i play with it and, and play the game enough, I'll get to a point where I start taking it seriously. And that's where I think is the tipping point where you start taking it seriously. So then you start getting frustrated when you lose, you start getting frustrated by teammates. And I can feel that a little bit, but I don't know for, for now it's, it's kind of a fun thing to engage with and, and, and not take too seriously. Um, yeah, I'll save my gears thoughts. I had some thoughts about some other games that I was playing, but, but I'll save those for, for when folks are back and, and we can get into a, a bigger discussion about that. Um, so yeah, quick non-gaming recommendation. Since no one is here to stop me, I'm going to talk about F1. <laughs> oh, geez. I just like my, my F1 addiction has gotten so bad, y'all. 
It is just out of freaking control. I, I mentioned, you know, however long ago it was that like this started with the Michael Jordan documentary, the last dance, because I grew up at that time. I was a kid when the bulls were sort of at their height and their prominence when like the, the Jordan hype was real and like the entire world was caught up in it. So that documentary came out and I was like, Oh, I want to check this out. And what I enjoyed about it is it was a nice thing that was like low stakes, but the drama was good. The storytelling was good. And it was something that I can engage with, you know, late at night, like when I'm like winding down, about to go to bed and can just like relax and throw that on and watch a couple episodes. So when I finished it, I was looking for something similar. I was like, do I like sports documentaries now? So I kept hearing good things about uh, Formula One Drive to Survive, which is a two season Netflix show. And I was just hooked instantly. I was just like, man, I always thought racing was dumb. You just like drive around in a circle and nothing happens. Um, but the fun thing is, is like, there's only 20 drivers. So you don't have to learn like these huge rosters of teams. And amidst those 20 drivers, you start to learn about like, oh, you know, this person used to drive with this person. And there's all these storylines. And like, this person was one of the most winning, winningest drivers in the late 90s, early 2000s, but now they're not winning. So what's going on? Oh, is it the team that they're driving for? Is the car not that good this year? It's just, again, it's one of those things where it's just like there's drama and fun storylines as you learn more about the sport, but the stakes are so fucking low, all things considered. You know, like we had one of the most stressful US elections just pass. We've had a terrible year uh, with the pandemic and just like everything else. Like, this year just won't stop. And, and it's nice to like completely disengage. Um, you know, I can throw on a race while I'm like playing, you know, uh, doing a few Hades runs or, or whatever else, you know? And it, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's just low stakes. It's just, I just, I love it, man. So I, you know, I watched that, that, that two, uh, season, uh, the two seasons of the documentary. And then I started, watching youtube videos catching highlights and you know some race interviews and stuff and then i started listening to an f1 podcast and i finally did it i subscribed to f1 tv and i mean like listen y'all it's like it's just like buying a cup of coffee every month it's not that much money you know it's like five or six bucks a month and I get to watch my races live or, I mean, usually they're in Europe or in Asia or something. So usually I'm watching them, you know, later that day, but it's just, it's fun. Just like, like throw it on and just like, you know, catch up on shit on my phone or text people or whatever. And it's just, again, low stakes. It's, it's a fun thing to, to decompress to. Um, and again, like some of the storylines are great. Lewis Hamilton just became the most winningest driver ever. You know, he, he broke Michael Schumacher's record. And I like, if you, if I'd been heard me say that like six months ago, I'd be like, why do you even care? Um, but it's fun. It's fun to get caught up in this stuff. Um, anyway, that's my recommendation. Subscribe to F1 TV. <laughs> uh, maybe not for everyone. Just maybe check out that Netflix series first. Um, that's it short show. Uh, sorry, we didn't do this one live again. It's, it's tough getting everyone together. Um, and, uh, we'll hopefully be back next week and do it to a live one. Work's been really, really hectic. So it's just been tough to, to do it on a Monday night. Maybe, maybe we'll go back to Sundays. Maybe that's what we'll do. Um, but thank you everyone. Uh, if you want to be a part of the conversation, 
If you want to send us topic suggestions or questions, whatever, shelvegames at gmail.com or hop into the Discord. We've got the, the, the podcast channel where you can uh, chat with us, ask, a, ask questions, have a conversation. I always post the links to the stories that we discuss there as well. And again, you know, we usually like to do the show uh, live now. Uh, so we'll probably do that Sundays moving forward around like 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern time. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I'll, I'll talk to our co-hosts and we'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, you, you can subscribe to your show, to the show, my show, our show, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, uh, or just go to shelvegames.com. Uh, please, if you can subscribe to the show on your platform of choice. Uh, and if you have the option, you know, leave us a thumbs up or a rating or a review that really helps us out. Uh, but the best way to support the show is by sharing it with your friends. So we would love it if you did that. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at shelf games. I'm at John underscore tab. Uh, and of course you can find everything that we do YouTube, Twitch, just search for shelf games, twitch.tv slash shelf games for our extra life live stream on December 5th and 6th, uh, starting at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Be there or be square, as the kids say. Do kids say that anymore? I don't think they do. I think old people say that. Uh, music for the show is by Zed Ion, who you can find on SoundCloud. And uh, again, thank you everyone so, so much for hanging out uh, with me and um, letting me do this show solo today. Um, yeah, we'll be back. We'll be back and we'll be talking more video games, more news, all that fun stuff. Uh, so thanks everyone and uh, I will catch you next time so until then you know what to do go and grab a game off the shelf because you never know what you're going to find